Welcome to On Scene First. I'm your host, Tracy Eldridge. With over 25 years in public safety, I am wicked excited and honored to bring you entertaining, educational, and empowering conversations with public safety difference makers who are harnessing the power of out-of-the-box thinking with the latest and greatest must-have technology tools and mental health resources to save lives on both sides of the call. Before we get started, a special thank you to our premier sponsor, Rapid SOS. As a trusted public safety data partner and the creators of the world's first emergency response data platform, RapidSOS is sharing critical data with first responders like myself to get us the information we need to save lives and property. To learn how you can become RapidSOS ready and better protect the ones you love, visit RapidSOS.com and tell them Tracy sent you. Now, on with the show. Welcome to today's episode. My guest is Jameson Peavy House. Jameson is the Director of Customer Success for Rapid SOS. Today, we're going to share the importance of incident-specific additional data during emergencies and why overcoming FUD is necessary to the mission of saving lives. You want to know more about FUD? Keep on listening. I promise you won't be disappointed. Welcome, Jameson. I am wicked excited to have you here. How are you, my friend? It took you all of six seconds to say the word wicked. Way to go. Yes. like <laughs> Right on time. I just, I can't, I can't <laughs> not do it. It's it's like, a, it's an unhealthy obsession. That's and then fun. people want you to do it. It's like, you know, a weird trick at a party or something. It's like, it's just a word, but apparently it's my signature word. There you go. There's no problem with that. Yeah. So super excited to have you here. You are here as as part of uh, the wonderful sponsorship, the premier sponsorship that I have with Rapid SOS. They are super supportive of my podcast. And with that, we get to interview some of the folks that are on the Rapid SOS team and hear what you guys are up to. So I'm really excited about that because there is a lot that's been going on since I transitioned into my new role back in December, which by the way, there's a lot of folks that have asked the question, like, so Jameson PV house shows up at rapid SOS and you leave. Yeah. You don't like me. It's fine. You don't like me. I get it. No worries. (laughs) No, it's fine. Whatever. No, no, you know that I I love you to death. And uh, I I don't know, I was pretty bummed when I found out that that you were because right as I was making the decision to kind of move on to this, they were announcing that you were coming on to the team. And and, and I just remember reaching out to you and being like, dude, I just want to let you know, like, this has nothing to do with you getting here. You're you're kind of a jerk, Tracy. You know, you're just kind of a jerk. I think you know me better than that. So Jameson PV House, uh, I'm going to let folks hear from you, you know, who you are, how did you get here, what you're doing these days. So usually I like to start out with who was Jameson as a kid? And I know that's such a weird question. Um, and I th- and I throw people off guard because I want them to, to, you know, to be totally caught off guard. But most people say, all right, tell me about when you first started in public safety. But what I want to know first, before you get to telling us how you got into public safety, what roles you played in public safety and how where you are and what you're doing today, I want to know who Jameson PV House was as a kid. Well, I, I got to lead off with a question then, because I'm not sure how the statute limitation applies to podcast being broadcast <laughs> over the world. So be careful <laughs> what I say. Uh, no, um, I was the only child 
imagine that. Oh, wow. Uh, of a uh, Baptist preacher. Okay. Uh, he uh, worked full-time as a minister, uh, chaplain for the local hospital, et cetera. Got involved in the rescue squad when I was in my early teens uh, and I've in the, as an emergency medical responder as well. Um, and, I, and I had a chance to kind of be present during some of those incidents and kind of developed a little bit of a taste for that, right? Yep, yep. Um, but as a kid, man, I was, I really was a loner. Uh, really? Just, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, lived out in the, out in the county, which you'd say, right? So not, <laughs> not a farm boy, but a county boy and um, no big city life for me. I think it was probably, well, it wasn't until I started working in the 91 career that I actually visited the city that was larger than Nashville. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, in love my rural West Tennessee roots, uh, a lot of hard work and dedication there, and um, just a deep love for this culture that we have here. We help out each other during any type of event, and probably saw that the most during our major uh, um, ice storm in 94. Mm. And we basically had to, you know, we opened our doors to the community and to our home because we were one of the few that had heat because oh, we wow. had kerosene heaters and caring for the elderly in our neighborhood, just inviting them in, you know, it's a very small house to begin with. And uh, that was, that was interesting. So right from the get go, you, you've already experienced a life of service at a, at a very young age. Right. And it, my, my parents and my grandparents all modeled that. Right. And, um, probably, uh, my, my motto, and you'll, you'll find it on my LinkedIn page, um, is that he did not come to be served, but to serve and offer his life as a ransom for many. And so biblical verse talking about the life of Jesus and how he was serving those in the community, no matter what, what their stature was. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember hitting that really, hitting me really hard between the eyes, um, growing up in the church and, and seeing that service firsthand was incredible. Um, but then understand that, you know, it's public safety is that, right? We, yeah. we in public safety, we offer our life as a ransom every single day. Oh, I just got, I just got goosebumps when right, you said yeah, that. It's, like, it's, it's, it's so true, so true. It is. And it's not, we think about ransom, right? We think about the movie, right? Yeah. I have a special skill set. <laughs> but to be honest with you, everybody in public safety, law enforcement, yep. firefighters, EMS, telecommunicators, um, those working corrections, et cetera, they ransom off the time of their family. They ransom off their birthdays. They ransom off anything of value for the safety and protection of others. Yep. And when you yep. pay a ransom, that's what you do. Yep. And that's what public safety does every single day. And every single person that works in here is ransoming off those things of importance to them, those things of value to them and their family in the service of others. Oh, what a wonderful way to put it. Like I never looked at it like that way. And I, yeah. you know, I come from a family of, of public safety in a sense. My dad was a police officer. Um, he was a Boston police officer, you know, yeah. for many years. And then I was the first out of 10 kids, the first and only that went into uh, a public safety career. And I just look back at all the times that, you know, my husband's a, in, in fire and EMS, my daughter, my oldest became an EMT, my youngest is going to be doing the same. And, and it's like, I just think about how many times the tone went off and up and out the door we went. And it exactly. didn't matter if it was Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, no, no matter what right. it was. And it was just, it, it just, we didn't even think about it. You just got up and went and it didn't matter who was on the other end of the call or the radio or you just you just went and it, and it take it does take a certain type of person to be able to 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 do any of these professions. Right. Um, so so you get into like the emergency responder side. When did you get into nine one one? Because when I first <laughs> met you, um, when I joined Rapid SOS, like 
it was at this time, it was probably four and a half years ago ish. Um, it, you were in Weekly County. Right. Was that your first stop in 911 or, or my, did you have a stop before that? Uh, my first stop really was uh, EMT school. Okay. And, and uh, following up, my dad and I attended both at the same time. They started offering these remote classes and um, I took it with him. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed it. But then when I started actually doing clinical times, I realized I don't like other people's body fluids. <laughs> so, I was like, well, this was a waste of a year and a half. Uh, this is awkward. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you, know you, you can just keep your vomit. Yeah. Um, so I, I was I was in EMT school and I, I wasn't really working full time anywhere. Um, I was working full time in a grocery store, but not anywhere in public safety. And a position came open for 911. I'm like, hey, it's part time. Would you like to come on board? And I was like, Sure, I'll give it a try. <laughs> Part time in a nine one one center. Come and on. <laughs> before I even started, uh, they were like, "Oh, wait, we have a full time position." Yep. You want to take it? And the pay was abysmal. It was it was barely above minimum wage. Yeah. Um, and I said, "You know what? I will." Went through, I think, an uh, entire two and a half weeks of training. Yeah. That and that was a wicked lot back then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was on my first shift by myself. It was a Friday afternoon. Yeah, fly, be free. Ooh, yeah, right. And uh, the very first call I had by myself was uh, one of my friends involved in a domestic dispute, fighting, fighting over a weapon with a child present, and the weapon goes off and shoots the suspect. Oh, my goodness. Um, and I just remember her calling me by Jamie, which most yeah. folks don't know me by Jamie. And, and I was like, whoa, yeah. um, this person knows me. Yeah. Um, dispatching resources, et cetera. And then I realized, man, this is a good high. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is some pretty good stuff right here. I like this now one thing. Exactly, right. exactly. So uh, and, and it grew from there. And that was, man, that was 25, 26 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So then, and then you worked up to, you were the director of Weekly County, right? I, I, I always tell people that I was, you know, I became a training coordinator. I did some GIS work. Um, I did supervisor and then I was demoted to director because it took me out of the comp center, <laughs> took me out of the chair and stuck yeah. me in the back office, probably where I belonged. Um, yeah. but yeah, yeah. As director of, of 911 emergency management, both. And, uh, that gave me a really great opportunity to see both ends of the emergency, right? The, the initial on call coming in, um, how we process that, the things that we could do to make that better. But emergency management gives you that piece that says when this, situation becomes too large for our local agencies to handle emergency management is a liaison to those external resources. Yep. And so being able to be on the scene of these massive incidents and see how they impacted our community and how they impacted public safety and our services. Um, I'm just very, very fortunate that I had people who trusted in me and, and provided me guidance and direction and leadership uh, to be able to grow in those roles. Um, and it's, it was a lot of, it was a lot, man. We had some tough days yeah. uh but at the end of the day it's it's really just been a fantastic voyage and um oh everything oh every piece of what i am today to the people i worked with and the board i worked for in weekly county so, th so there's two things i want to go back to when you first mm -hmm. said that you got demoted i love how you put that like you you, just, you always have an amazing way with words and i'm going to talk to you about that in a little bit too but um i love that the way you put that because i always when i do presentations and stuff i'll explain that my favorite job of all time was being just a dispatcher. And I'm like, before you get all squirrely and everybody gets all fired up because I said just a dispatcher, I, I mean just that, like just sitting in the seat, answering the call and sending help to people in their, their worst hour versus 
quality assurance and hiring and firing and scheduling and all those things. So when you when you referred to that as being demoted, I, I felt that I like I felt yeah. that in my feels like that's what I felt like. I felt like I could drive change and do good there. However, I also was I lost something like I was no yeah. I was no longer in the seat. You know, when I when I moved from supervisor, which was still, you know, direct and directly involved in the operations aspect uh, to director. I, I was lost for a few weeks. Yeah, I, I didn't understand the role change. I didn't understand the difference, and I didn't want to step on the supervisor's toe at the time, you know, and say, "Hey, you know, you're doing this wrong." And I had to change my focus, right? And I had to change what I was looking at because then I became the I, I became basically the advocate for the caller. Yep. Um, to ensure that we are leading in in a, in a proper way, uh, new technologies, new implementations, new types of protocols and policies, et cetera, that we were serving our community to the best of our ability, and that was my role. Right. And, and the rest of the stuff, you know, the, the budgeting and the impacts, those are all really heavy as well. But at the end of the day, making that transition, start looking externally and not so much internally. Yeah, I basically what I've been doing for folks is as soon as I see somebody has launched out of the comm center and there's a few folks that listen all the time and they know who they yeah. are and, and there'll be many more is that as soon as they they're they're going to work for the private sector or they're they're moving into a leadership role that's taking right. them out of the seat, it's like let's talk because there's so much value in having a conversation with somebody who has done it and be able to have that expectation. But let's segue into you moving to first. So, so you left the center and you went to work yeah. for, let's go there. Where'd you go right, right out of the center so, and the role you had there? Cause you're going to segue into the rapid SOS thing, but we, ha I we can am, leave that I'll, piece out. I'm going to tee this up a little bit. And you know, why, why would I leave a job function so great? Yeah. Um, I I know I know the day, the hour, and the X Y coordinate where I made the decision. You know, standing on a scene, and yeah. I walked out. I stepped off back of the ambulance and said, "I I gotta get out of this. I can't do this no more." And uh, came home to my wife that she's like, "Let's start looking." And fortunately, uh, within the next three to four months, the state of Tennessee issued out uh, a job opening for their first ever training coordinator. And man, I had an interview for a job in 19 years. <laughs> so I, mean, <laughs> I, I, know, I, I was like, here we go. Um, yeah. And so I thought, you know what? I'll, and a little bit of fear and trepidation at first. And I thought, man, it's just like the day I went from supervisor to director, looking externally to my community. Now I've got to go back and look how to look externally to the rest of the conference across Tennessee. There's 146 of those. Yeah. Like, how do I help them? Um, and so what the, that's what that role was. And, and I, uh, I interviewed for the position and one of my most favorite working conditions and favorite bosses ever, uh, Curtis Sutton. Awesome. Fantastic gentleman, which is fantastic. Um, the team at the TECB is just fantastic. Um, and man, in three years time, we were able to do so much culminating in dealing with COVID-19 across the entire spectrum of 911 in Tennessee. Yep. Yep. Um, just really love supporting our local jurisdictions and helping them with training issues and education and COVID-19 issues that they were facing. Um, and again, trying to say, how can we further this throughout? And you know, how can we share information from one end of the state to the other? Because from, from Memphis to Kingsport, it's almost 500 miles. But that the, the call types are the same. And so being able to in that position where we can share information and share how we're, you know, processing information and uh, handling. Did, did you, did by. you plan, did you plan the, the, uh, you know, the audio you know, in the background? I can't give away all my secrets, right? <laughs> 
I know you got connections and stuff. Like, hey, it would be cool. We're doing a podcast. How about you guys? (laughs) Go ahead and come by. Amp it up a little bit. (laughs) Give a little Uh, whoop whoop. (laughs) Yeah, cue the cue. Uh, So, uh, but yeah, it was just a just a fantastic opportunity, and working for the state of Tennessee was just amazing. Um, that's that's awesome organization to work for and i and i know you loved that job and you 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 know flourished in that job and and you and i know you did so many amazing things and then here comes another opportunity and you know one thing before you get into that and how you how you landed at rapid sos one of the things that i know is that in in the non-public safety world people move jobs all the time. And I'm right. I'm not used to that. Like, so yeah. when I would see folks like come to Rapid SOS and then they were only there for a short time and they were leaving, I'm like, how are you leaving this? Yeah. Like, like this doesn't even make sense to me. But I think in the private sector, it is very different. I think in public safety, we go to that place thinking we're gonna be there till we retire, right? So now you've switched out of the center your your time at the TECB is is coming to a close. Tell me about that transition and and what you were thinking as you were like, I have this opportunity with Rapid SOS and I'm I'm just gonna jump and I'm gonna take it. That's uh, a hard decision. Huge. Um, so, you know, I was I was serving on the NEMA board at the time, and again, just a, another great board, another surrounded by amazing leadership and amazing people. Uh, pushing forward for the new organization, and tremendous growth. Um, and as I started winding off that board, it was I was coming off that board that June of, of 2020. And uh, you know, and I'd always said there's only two companies in the public sector that I want to work for. Only two. Always has yep. been. Yep. One is here, Rapid SOS, and the other one is Mission Critical Partners because I yep. just believe in their their mindset, their skill set, their culture, um, and it, it's just it's it'd be an amazing place to work. And so I was talking with some folks here at Rapid SOS and they were like, what would you like to do? I said, I want to lead teams and I want to provide positive impact into the comm centers across the U.S. And they were like, cool. Okay. <laughs> so was, All right. Okay. So are we, are we flirting? What are we doing here? Um, and we, we got chit-chatting and I was like, you know, I, I got probably went on for a couple of weeks and yeah I was, and I was talking to Curtis about it as well I was like hey yeah. you know I'm thinking about this man what do you think and just seeking wise counsel and uh finally I just said you know I just sent me a job offer and the next morning it was there it was in my email and I was like <laughs> crap now I have to I actually gotta make, make a decision, decision. <laughs> <laughs> right and and again I, I looked at I, I immediately uh looked at core values right mm-hmm. where the core values of rapid SOS where they stand for um what kind of team do they have? What kind of culture do they have? And get to looking internally and externally both, interviewing people who used to work here. And say, like, you know what, you know what, what pros and cons? Because every place you work at has pros and cons. I uh, mean, 100, 100%, uh, yep, yep. But at the end of the day, we are progressing uh, public safety throughout this country at an incredible velocity. Yep. Um, and at the state, it's, it's a little different, right? It's state government work. And I mean, there are a lot of great perks and you work your hours. And if you have to work beyond your hours, it's few and far between. And so I was kind of like in a state where I was kind of like, you know, this is a good cush job, mm-hmm. but my brain and my passion are, are dwindling and I'm concerned. And so I looked at Rabbit SOS. I was like, let's go, let's get some. Yeah. And boy. boy did I, <laughs> and then, well, and I'm laughing because <laughs> I'm laughing because I know, like, I uh, know, I know they, they referred to when you start a new job like this, like, 
drinking from a fire hose. I, I there's gonna be another analogy for it that just supersedes the I, fire hose analogy. I have been looking for one, Tracy. And the best thing I can say is like the first week, right? You know, onboarding the first week is meeting a lot of people and looking at the team, et cetera. And uh they had a hundred day plan that I had come up with, et cetera, for the team. And um and at that first week, I was like, man, I really drank from the fire hose. And I turned around on Friday afternoon. They didn't let out four more hoses. I was like, oh, this is a working structure fire. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> so, you're calling in mutual aid. Right. You're yeah, like, exactly. I, oh, my tanker. goodness. But I, I would say that, you know, I searched for the first 30 days. I struggled because I was like, man, yeah. coming from from public sector back to private sector. And this is the, the only term I can come up with is we operate at such a velocity, man, we're just iterating so fast and so many new partners and so many data streams. I know we'll get to that in a moment, but yes. Yeah. For sure. But Tracy, man, you, you know, like it's, it's, it's impactful. This is, this is not, you know, velocity mindset. And I think about my thing about going to the, to the, to the firing range or whatever else. I think about velocity of a bow and arrow mm -hmm. versus a 308 round, right? It's, you know, it's, it's three to four times the speed of sound with a significant impact. And that's what we're doing in public safety. Yeah. And, and again, I said, I want to do two things. I want to lead a team and I want to provide positive impacts into public safety. And we're doing both. And I, and I love that. So and when you say you're leading team, so um, we, we just got to spend some time. We didn't get to catch up as much as I wanted to when we were in mm -hmm. Tennessee and Gatlinburg at the Tennessee Winter Workshop last week. Um, yeah. But a few folks had come up to me congratulating me on my endeavor, um, but then asking, hey, is Jameson going to be here? Like, what, what is he actually doing at Rapid SOS? And I was like, well, he's going to be here. He's doing a session. Make sure you jump in the session. What, which team are you leading and and where is your drive for for this particular team where do you where do you want to see it go right sure uh that's easy um so the team that i'm over uh, basically is, is two it's it's bifurcated so it's the regional managers and the customer success managers okay and the csms are you know uh, supremely focused on the ecc the individual eccs and across the us um, making sure they have what they need to succeed as far as additional data integrations uh, jurisdiction view access, all the things that we give away for free, APIs into their CAD, now on call taking, et cetera. The regional managers are a little more strategic, uh, where CSMs are tactical, RMs are strategic. And the strategic side is state level assets, you know, how do we impact state level en entities? How do we support state or regions that have outages, et cetera? Um, that's a 24 hour operation, right? How do we mm -hmm. support states during major events, wildfires, hurricanes, tornadoes, uh, civil unrest, et cetera? Um, by giving them that additional data on the fly so they can get a better idea, a bird's eye view of all the things that are going on inside their jurisdiction to better help the community. Those two teams, uh, they're symbiotic. Uh, yep. They're two halves of the same brain, really. And and in the middle uh, of those two halves is, is basically where I sit to ensure that that we have an understanding of where we're going, a clear vision. Um, you know, I, I think that one of my favorite um, the county mayor here in Wheatley County used to have a plaque in his office said, mm -hmm. where there is no vision, the people perish. Right. And, and, True. and vision, we talk about vision a lot and vision this and vision that. My job is the, 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 the entire company gives us a vision. My job is to bring focus. How do we complete that, that vision? Right. How do, how do we look at it from 2020, 2015 vision? How do we look at it from the standpoint of what's long-term, short-term? And my job is to establish those KPIs or establish those goal settings for each person, et cetera. And ensure that I'm giving them what they need to succeed. Yeah. Uh, and that's the end of the day. It's I 
I look at our structure a little bit differently than some people do. Um, when you think about organizational structure, you should think, you know, CEO at the top or whomever the top, and there's some branches coming down, you get all the way down to the bottom and down here, are like the, the workers, right? The, 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 the real core pieces. Yep. And from my standpoint and for the last probably decades, I've tried to flip that model on its head. Yep. Right. To where basically I serve as the root systems of a tree find the nutrients, the the water, whatever we need, feeding it up the tree, up the trunk, and into the people who are out there actually providing shelter, shade, providing a, a place of rest for our communities and our ACCs. And that's what our CSMs and RMs are doing. They're out there and they're protecting those, those, those local entities and our communities they serve with products, integrations, et cetera. And my job is to feed them. And there you go with those amazing analogies again. <laughs> I said I was going to say that before. Like, my dad. <laughs> oh my goodness, you have you have such a way with your words. Like I could, I'm just sitting here watching you. Like I could just listen to you talk all day. <laughs> so let's talk about some of that stuff that that right. has been happening. Um, I will tell you, it, it, it was super challenging for me to make the decision to leave yeah. Rapid SOS. A lot of folks were like, "Why did you leave? Did they do something wrong?" And it's like, no, they're doing everything right and it's like well then why did you leave and i'm like because there are things for me that i right. had to flip my script right so i knew that this was the moment if i was gonna do it it had to be now and hey worst case scenario if if this thing bombs that i'm doing i'm just gonna come back for my job back i mean right. You know, you guys are we, hiring, right? We, we, yeah, yes, <laughs> we're, we're always definitely hiring. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, our team is growing, the span of our team is expanding quickly. Um, and yeah, so I, folks need I, to go check out the Rapid SOS website yes, they if do. they want to see which. Quickly, because yes. we move with velocity. <laughs> yes, um, you do. Don't think about I, it, just put, just put in for it and see what happens. And, and I know, right, people like, you know, people go Rapid SOS, they don't, they don't stay 10 years. So when I ran the comm center, we made a decision one time and we, we live, we live in an area that University of Tennessee has a, a, a large campus in our community. Uh, and they have one of the best nursing schools in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, Google it. It's fantastic. Yeah, yep. uh, It's a four year nursing school. And the question was, we have some great people who are applying, but they're in nursing school. And that, that doesn't mean just classroom. That means clinicals, right? Yep. And we went back and forth about, you know, well, let's don't hire them because, you know, we're, we're with our, our, our schedule, et cetera. And then we stopped and said, you know what? I would rather have somebody who's exceptional for three to four years than have somebody who's mediocre for 10. Great. I love that. And we would hire, and we graduated, I believe that we wound up with eight RNs off wow. of our staff outside the comm center while they were working with us. That's a commitment, not just to our community yeah. for having excellent people on board. It's a commitment to that person too. We know you're going to struggle. We know you're going to have clinicals. We'll have to figure that out on the fly. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we think you are exceptional for this job function. Yeah. I'd rather have you here three to four years than have somebody here who's just mediocre for 10. Yeah. Because it makes such a difference in the community. You know what happens when people leave our comm center and because we invested in them people while they were here. When they go out into the community and work, you know what they say about us? Best job I ever had. Yeah. If it wasn't for the money, yeah. I'd rather be working in the comm center than working in the ER or working yeah. in OB or working as a nurse. And I've heard that so many times. And it's a, it's a learning principle. Yeah. Oh, it's you mean not, the money's not good in dispatch? 
It wasn't bad. Okay. We, we worked really hard on that. Um, we worked really hard, not only just in the money, but also in the work-life balance. As yeah. as are a lot of folks, which I'm I'm glad to, to see that, that there yeah, are to. these changes making place. So um, I know that there were, there's, as we mentioned, there's so many changes that are taking place. And one of the things that I always say when I talk about Rapid SOS is even though Rapid SOS came in and in like changed the 911 industry for the yeah. first time in 50 years, like I when I look back on my time there, I will be able to say to my grandchildren and, and beyond that I was able to be part of a mission and a team that worked tirelessly to yeah. provide a piece of information that just is is going to be the profound mark of of finding location like like finding 911 callers and and when we look on that there was this shift and i remember when i first got to rapid sos and it was like yeah we're gonna we're gonna get apple and google to put the technology and the devices and and i wasn't i don't i wasn't seeing in the future and it was like we got apple and google to do this now what yeah like now, like like, what are we doing now? So, and yes. then that shift to additional data happened, and and it was like, oh, oh, okay, this stuff is really, really cool. And we started sending, and I say we because it was at the time we were there. We we started just sending little trickles of data here, but that is changing profoundly, is it not? It is. Um... It, it is, and, and I won't go into great depth about you know how fast we're moving things to market space because that's that's a boring topic. Um, but I will tell you this. And I'll tell you the thing that I probably, yeah, I'll tell you the thing that I'm most proud of about this company and particularly this team. You know, for decades, and I've said this before, but for decades we've had additional data. Mm-hmm. It's just been coming in analog into our ear, right? We've heard things in the background. We've had to list, we have to ask questions, get information back. And then we take that analog information, we look at a computer screen and then we type it in the computer screen and then it goes to somebody else and they read it and dispatch or reread it and dispatch it or the officer reads it later and provides context, right? Mm-hmm. The things we are doing today are consuming not only the additional data we've had for years, right? From different companies that have called us or different incidents or whatever, but also the new things that are coming to market space that we never even dreamed of five years ago that we can then push out to that comm center and say, we, we want you to have this data and we don't want you to have to parse it through your ear in a very slow mechanism and then type it into a computer system and then push it out into a screen. We're going to do that for you. So the piece that I'm most proud of is the fact that every new piece of data that we look at every new integration partner, every piece that comes in and says, you know, how, how should we display this? What should it look like? What's most important comes through the public safety team. Yeah, That's over 400 years of experience as telecommunicators saying, this works, this works, this doesn't. Yeah. We, we've got to fix this. That was one of the best things that I loved about being at Rapid SOS is the value yep. in the position, the value of the people that were in the seat and in here. I mean, that's that's how I landed there is I was in the seat saying, no, you can't do right. this. You can't do it like that. And very quickly. It is right. It, and you, you've got a perfect story about that. You can't do it this way. And the response was, then how should we do it? Oh, uh, well, OK, then. let's just sit and talk about okay, that. Idea. We're going to do and it. Then, and then the next thing you know, you're having a conversation <laughs> yeah. that's changing the dynamics and the direction of a massive company to say, okay, 
we're going to do it because this is the right way to do it. Because I can tell you, let's just say partner ABC yep. wants to come on board and deliver data, right? And they're like, I want it done this way. I'm going to push yep. the data and I want all this. But and, and we say, you know what? Okay, we appreciate that. We're willing to work with you. Um, but we can tell you from the industry experience that we have, that's probably not the best way. Fine, I'll find somebody else. Okay. And they'll go to somebody else, which is yep. absolutely fine. But nowhere else that I know of has that 400 years of experience over now that we look at and say, let us not only say yes, yes, no, but let's say yes, yes, let's adapt this to ensure that your data is used in an appropriate manner. Mm -hmm. And that could be data from vehicle telematics. It can be data from a whole host of things. It can be data from applications that are on the home, the, the user's phone. Um, that's impressive. Uh, and, and you think about that, the end goal for us is always a better outcome from the caller. And that starts with how we deliver the call and what we deliver with it. And I think one of the perspectives to look at, so I remember when text to 911 mm -hmm. started rolling out or, or even just the conversations, cause you know, I, I was back there as a baby dispatcher before oh, yeah. text <laughs> even was considered. But what, <laughs> what was happening was, I had, I remember having one of my dispatchers, he worked part-time and you know, he, he was, he was good. He, he would keep up with what he had to, but I remember coming back from a meeting at the state and I won and I was like, at, at one of my meetings, I said, we went to the state and we've started having conversations about text to 911. And after the meeting, I remember him walking up and he's like, I'm putting in my notice. And I was like, what? Yep. He goes, right before we start getting text to 911 is my last day. And I, and I was like, whoa, whoa, what, what do you mean? And he pulled out his flip phone and he said, this is my, this is my level. Right. Like I'm not texting. I don't understand it. I, I, I don't, I don't do it. And, and I explained to him, I said, you know, we're, we're still a little ways out, but what I also noticed is as text and I one started rolling out, everyone has this fear it is. It, it, and it's a valid fear is that all of a sudden we're going to start getting inundated with text messages. And I want to yeah. talk to the person. And I have always stood on the same footing is that, and, and, and I did get a much more of an open mind when I started at Rapid SOS. I will say that, you know, in the beginning I was I was more closed off because I wanted sure. to protect yeah, understood. 100%. that telecommunicator. But I don't I don't know if I was going about it the right way. Avoiding right. new stuff was not the way because, to protect them. Yeah, because they're getting the data anyway. Right. We're, we're just giving it to them in a contextual format. Right. That they can consume much faster. And you know what happens? That reduces the stress that reduces the workload and that's exactly what we want to do right right and it's like when you when you're able to look at it that way you know i and obviously you know and every all my listeners know that i am a yep. super advocate for mental health and i just think about some of these calls that we've had where you have somebody screaming in your ear and you can't get the information that you need from them wow wouldn't it be amazing if that information yes. was right in front of your yep. eyes Right. And I think one of the other things you touch base on is is having folks come in to send data to 911. And one of the things that I saw early on, too, was, yeah, well, we want to send data to 911. Why, why should we do yep. it through you? Well, you should do it through us because we, even though our option right now is is a separate screen, because that's just the way it has to be. It's one extra screen versus you going in and adding another screen and then them going yeah, in and adding about another how many, screen. How many different ways that happens, right? And and, and luckily, and fortunately, uh, for the entire public safety industry, Rapid SOS was on the bleeding edge of this. 
they could see that coming. And and for yeah. us, it was like, okay, we have an issue that affected us in our jurisdiction and it was emotional. And so now we want a solution. And it might be some, some you know, yeah. hot shot at the college campus that comes up with an app. And he or she may come up with a great app and it serves my role as what I need in my jurisdiction. All right, cool, one screen. But then, but then yeah. that app's gonna grow, yeah. right? And they're gonna want, well, now I wanna do regional. And I want to do statewide. But today, the reality is I can create an app today. And the next week, I can have it pushed to over 4,800 ECCs across the entire United States. That's a lot of extra yeah. screens, right? And so now by integrating that, being that partner with yeah. them on the, on the integration side, but also public safety side to say, how do we ensure that this information that's a, of great benefit to the public has an ingress point? for the emergency services system and it's delivered in a way that allows us to use it in an equitable manner and things like what we've been doing. And, and it's, it's, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. And, and to show the broad aspect of it, it's not, again, it's not us selling a product, right? It's not us selling a product at all. It's going to the ECCs mm-hmm. and say, hey, I know that you don't even have hardly any CAD right now or anything and I know you don't have any money. We're gonna give you jurisdiction view and everything you need is gonna be there. Or we're gonna say, you know what? Mm-hmm. We'll also give you APIs, free APIs for all your CAD call handling, GIS, et cetera, because that's the right thing yep. to do. And that blows people's minds. I remember, I remember it, it, well, it does. And I remember when, when Michael Martin, the CEO had offered me the job at the time, yep. there was no rapid SOS portal. There was, there was this foolish app that they wanted folks to download. And I just remember saying to him, like, I'm going to contemplate this, but I'm not selling anything to public safety. And, and when he ever told me that we're going to give it to him for free, I was like, you are bonkers young man that is wicked smart, but, but he was, he was spot on. And, and I look now and I, I say he did it right. So many people thought he was crazy, but he did it right. It was the right thing to do. We moved from the app into a web browser, the rapid SOS portal. If you are within the sound of my voice and you are in a 911 center and you do not have the rapid SOS portal, because there sadly are some that still have not signed up, which I can't even, I can't even wrap my head around it. Like, I, I, I really can't, but if you hear me and you don't have the rapid SOS portal, the free web browser that yeah. helps you first locate callers in a big way, a lot of callers. I remember when we first pushed that out, it was like, well, we don't get a lot of locations and, and it's like, just be careful. Like just, just watch because what's going to happen is over yes. time, more and more people are going to update their phones. And now, I mean, I'm not going to ask you to cite, cite numbers off the top of your head, but Good Lord, you guys have to be receiving hundreds of thousands yes. of locations every day. <laughs> I'm not going to pull that number pull that because number that number changes. It, it changes like, every month. It's like <laughs> the, the look on uh, your I face. Mean, I'm like, I can tell you that last year alone, even with COVID <laughs> and nobody moving around most of the entire year, right? We were in over yep. 150 million calls for service. Let wow. that sink in. That's that's a that's a low year because nobody was really moving about in the country. Yeah. Right. So that's fantastic. Yeah. And I can you yeah. can talk about location information. I was talking to one of our great friends, um, and I was using his first name, Justin, at the at the conference. And he's like, Man, because I remember <laughs> when we when we had uh got the location information services, a list from Rapid SOS. And he said, I remember I got it because I wanted location for Texas and I want callers. 
because it gives you device location, right? Not phase one. They're over here somewhere. Yeah. Good luck. Explicit location. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, I remember that one of the first times we used it was a person who was lost in the woods. They were a diabetic. It was at night. And this gentleman was having a diabetic emergency and could, couldn't even speak, was just barely texting. And we deployed resources to him. Right. He says, I'll never forget when the doctor told us, he said, two to three more minutes, he'd been dead. Two to three more minutes. Can you imagine trying to find that caller without device-based location information that was given to you free? Or no. worse, could you imagine that information that going to the press or not the press, but the local press and saying, why, why didn't you find them? Because yeah. phase one is really terrible with text of 911. But knowing that, hey, man, there, there's a there's a process here and a team that will support you and will give you everything that you need to be successful. You know, we talk about saving lives, man. That's yeah. We have an entire book of that. And it just people's names and, it's, and it's just, it grows oh, yeah. every single day. And it's just, I'm just damn proud. I'm just damn proud to be a part of it. <laughs> that, that. I have to say that that was one of my favorite moments is getting those emails and, and you know, folks saying, hey, we saved a life today. Yeah. We, if we didn't have this technology, we would this person would not be here today. And to know that and to have been like on the side yeah. of it where there were no lives being saved to thousands of lives now being saved, like that's kind of a big deal. And the other thing I love about the way that Rapid SOS works as well is, as you mentioned, it was, you know, you say, hey, what? So why are we doing it like this? Why don't we do it like this? And then that was that yes. migration. And then we're going to move towards some new stuff that's coming out. But so the, the migration goes from we got the app. That's not working. Let's fix it. Let's do something different. So start with integration with their existing right. equipment because we know that's kind of what they want. But that was not yes. moving with that velocity that we needed. Right. It was like the chicken and the egg thing. It was Apple was Apple and Google were saying, well, you have to have centers integrate and, and accept the stuff. And they're like, but the centers are saying, well, when you right. turn on the technology, then we'll do that. And so it was this like chicken and egg. And it's like, somebody's got to give. And then finally Apple announced it in, in Nashville in 2018, super exciting. And then Google was not long after. And we had it where they had to, in, in the query yeah. view where you have this web browser. And we had said that, I remember Keith Viveros and I, um, and Karen had just joined the team. And we were like, if they're gonna give us this data, we gotta give them a way to query it. Like, how yeah. about a Google for 911 numbers? And that's kind of, you know, we kept pushing to have this, we know they don't want an extra screen, but if this is all we can offer right. them right now, let's make it happen. And they did. Those are wicked smart folks in New York. They just started plugging away and code and all that stuff that is way over my head. But that team behind yeah. the scenes, the QA folks, like just, I've never seen anything move as fast in public safety as I witnessed them going from nothing to the rapid SOS portal to then realizing like, hey, wait a minute, we're getting this data a lot of times before the phone is even ringing even in when the it's not ringing. center. <laughs> why are we not, <laughs> or when it's not ringing, it's like, why are we not pushing this to them? And we're all that, you know, at the time, maybe it was 300 or 250 years of public safety. We're like, yeah, why, why are we not? Right, a, a one-day hackathon, right? And it's like, oh, here's here's a flagship product for you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, how, how does that even happen? And then it was like, all right, we're rolling it out. So now we have- No, you're still the, part. I still say family. we like, I'm still there. So, but 
I, I, I am part. And, and you guys are, as I mentioned, super supportive as my, my sponsor, like, you know, you still have a connection and a, a passion for what support them. You talk about that. And man, I think about, I think about all of our other partners in public safety and, um, and even in the Compton as well. Right. Uh, just, just how tough 2020 was for them. Um, Travel, none. Mm -hmm. Conferences, none. Uh, training education seminars in person, none. I mean, it, all these things were canceled. Um, our, the public safety partners right on the, on the private sector side, you know, pushing timelines, pushing updates and trying to say, you know, we, we got to wait because we can't get people into the office for six months, 12 months. And then yeah. we launched Jurisdiction View. And this this plays back to the, to, to the amazing uh, ability of our company, our public safety team, our engineers, et cetera. But also it shows the need inside the comm center. And in that, that first 12 months yep. of pushing out jurisdiction view as a free product, right? And not traveling. We still deployed over 2000 comm centers across the US. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's nuts, right? I mean, that's, that's like, man, talk about feeding a hungry set of people, feeding a hungry public safety entity. Mm -hmm. And then understanding that, Location, it's just the first part. It's all the other ancillary additional data that we're also right. maybe that you can utilize, and you may not utilize it on every single call, but it's always going to be there. And and when I talk about public safety, uh, to public safety about additional data, what is it? What does it mean, et cetera? Right. Um, the trifecta is, you know, it's timely information that's geo referenced that I can take action on, actionable information, right? And, and I think about yep. this from yep. Yep. the standpoint of when I'm writing my family. There's a dangerous intersection near my son's school. And it's always a, a whole family deal to watch for traffic because your two lanes are merging into four with an off-ramp and there's a cross street. It's a terrible intersection, especially next to a school. And it's heavy traffic twice a day going into yep. another school system. And most of the time, I manage just fine. Uh, nine, nine times out of 100 no issues whatsoever. I see everything going on. I have good situational awareness. I'm pulling out traffic. I make my merge. I go that one time I don't pay attention or I'm distracted by something else, or I don't mm -hmm. see all the information because of occlusion and my family hollers at, Whoa. And I stop and I save myself from calamity and my family from calamity. That's the moment that I say that's additional information. It's been here the entire time. Yep. I have not had to use it before because I've been, yep, yep, good to go. Or somebody's giving me a thumbs up and we're moving on. But that one time, that one time would have been life changing yep. for me, my family, uh, the other family impacted, right? And the same thing happens in comm centers. The one time we miss something, right? Are we not in the news? Are we not facing calamity? Does it not affect our public safety yep. family response side in the comm center? Right the entire organization, but it also impacts the family that impacts us. And that goes back to what you were saying, or what we were saying is, is number one, there's still agencies out there that don't even have the right. query view version of the portal. And there are folks that haven't enabled the jurisdiction view part of the portal. And then there are folks that are still in this like kind of skeptical stage about the additional data. Can you talk kind of specifically? So what I know is, you guys, we started, we started when I was there, we were pushing out additional data from right. Apple medical ID, medical alert bracelets. Um, Rapid SOS has the emergency, their own emergency yep. data profile page, 
where folks can go in and, and add this information. Talk a little bit about some of the cold new stuff that that is that is available that's coming down the pike. There's one in specific. Uh, Let's see uh, if you can go there because I'll go ahead and go there for you, about Tracy. This one. So um, <laughs> I have in my background, public safety is is uh, varies, right? It's it's a, it's a lot of different verticals and some I'm not real deep, but <laughs> um, one of those is search and rescue <laughs> and, and for the search side. Uh, yep. I yep. really have a passion for search operations and, and managing search operations and being on the ground, right? And I've never understood for the first three or four years why anybody wanted integration about this particular product. And then I got to talking to people about <laughs> outside of my ecosystem, right? Outside of my little my little microcosm of search and people who are in the mountains and people who are uh, in the ocean and people who are on lakes. And they were like, I can, I can put you in the same square as that person that just yeah like yeah, a 10 you don't have to like get a GPS out square. so I figure out how to navigate to 87.2539 by 36.2544 and forget yeah, the minus nah, 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 and then nah, put nah, them I'm in going over to India for some odd reason to... yeah, right so what three words uh, is an amazing tool and and I know that and and, and I can it feel I, I can feel a disturbance in the force every GIS professional watching yep. this was like whoa what three words don't talk about that just hang on a minute because what it provides yeah. the layperson on the street and what it provides the comm center at time of call really links those two worlds together. And we still need GIS data, the traditional, you know, latitude, yeah. longitude, uh, uh, what's it, NAT83 state plan we use here in Tennessee, right? We still need that, right? And it's, it's imperative that we have that. But having an additional data set is no different than having a really good address or saying I'm at McDonald's or I'm mm -hmm. saying I'm here. Things that the common yep. person can understand and provide context to. And it's been a fantastic working relationship with them uh, and they're changing the world. And and it was not just in the US. I mean, we wrote that out in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, go, you can have this now. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's that velocity again. Yep. So so if folks have not seen, because because sure. there are folks yeah. that are really, really busy in their centers. And so if you want, so what three words is what Jameson is talking about. You guys just announced recently um, that, that you are partnering with them. Uh, from my understanding, there are some agencies have. that have rolled it out Entire in a beta states. form yep. type. When will the others, when will the others start seeing it Before appearing the in their portal? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm so excited. You know why I'm si why excited? excited? You know why I'm excited? I'm, 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 I'm excited because I yeah. am an actual first responder mm -hmm. too. So like in the field, I, I'm a firefighter and an EMT. And even though I've been laid up a little bit, my goal was now that I'm not traveling and working, you know, 23 yeah, out exactly. of 24 hours a day <laughs> at Rapid SOS. I, I'm I'm going to be working back on the ambulance, and I think to myself, how many times have we tried to look for somebody, and then how many times has a dispatcher actually verbalized to the responder, yeah. "Okay, here is the lat long, and I, I want you to take that lat," and they and they don't. And what I envision is being able to take those three words that are coming from the device yeah. into dispatch and now that dispatcher taking that information and, and i i would be irresponsible if i didn't say kyle plush's call doesn't yeah. come to mind for this right because they they had dispatched out 
the, the, the verbalized location, right? So they gave the street address, they gave some identifiable landmarks, um, but they were this close. And, and imagine if in that situation, and I, and I know we can Monday morning quarterback things all day long, but just imagine if there was a moment where that dispatcher said to that, those responders in the field, you're responding to, you know, bank yeah. book floor. And then they take that, those three words and they put them in an app and then they can just Google their way it's, right, it's right to that location. It? Right. Right. It, it, it gives me goosebumps because I know that it's one more piece of technology in this additional data piece. So when we have folks that are super scared of the additional data, it's stories like this that have to be told to say, look, we yeah. get it. We of all people, that public safety team can appreciate the fear. But at the end of the day, think about how many times they've become yeah. defective detectives. They're searching all over the internet for data that could totally be at their and, fingertips. And the same holds true with street and, view and ortho imagery and you know all these things that we've kind of consumed inside of our comm center and they're all right they all require us to do a little more training they require us to have a little bit more of a different mindset yeah. a little more open mindset to move past fear uncertainty and doubt get past the fud think about how it works yeah. and so it's fun. It's fun. If you're Did uncertain, you do it out. And it's, it's exactly what happens in the comm center. And I'll tell you, I will tell you, Tracy, when that changes. And I can tell you when it changed for me. It's sitting down in Nashville with Kyle Plush's mother and having a conversation next to a, a beautiful fireplace. And there's some, there's a beautiful library of books around us. And, and, and just feeling that weight of that sorrow will move you beyond FUD. It moves you into let's get yeah, done. Oh, 100%. Because it's time. It, we, yep. we, you know, I understand yep. we've got to figure this out. There are people who are going to work with you, tickling our team to make sure that that information is being passed along is operationalized correctly. But at the end of the day, we want to send you information that's going to help you, that's going to keep you out of those situations because the price to pay beyond that is just it's too great. Right. Right. And, and, sure. and I know we have to wrap up, which makes me sure. super sad. Anytime. We might have to have a part two because there's so much awesome stuff coming down the pike. Yep. And you, you know that I love our chats. But with that, they, I, I want I want to go back to something. So if folks are looking at want to hear more about what three words and the impact the last three podcasts. I, I talk very in depth. So go back and start listening from the beginning and eventually you'll get really caught up to speed on what three words. So that's number one, really excited you guys announced that partnership. I, my fingers were crossed and I'm, I'm really excited for that. The other thing is I talked to Tyrell Morris. There were there there are folks out there that do the, the I don't know if you would say <laughs> they do overcome the FUD, the FUD or, right? Or they, they feel like uh, they over overcome the FUD. But if you got folks that are... <laughs> fiddling with the FUD, what do you tell them? Like, like I just imagine, <laughs> yeah, stop fiddling with the FUD. Is, is I, I remember asking him, like, if you have folks that are being resistant to this, right? If, if they're, if they're scared and they don't want to, and they think it's too much, like, like, how do you go about that? And he said something that was super profound. And, and he said, ask them if yeah, they're still connected right. to the mission. He's absolutely correct. How powerful is that? Are you still connected to the mission? Because last time I checked, the majority of the people sit in that chair to do the right thing. And, and to quote the, the Kyle plush answer, the call foundation to be their best selves every day. And I think a lot of times, a lot of that other stuff get lost and we're we, you, Rapid SOS, and, and what three words, all of these folks that just want to do the right thing for free. I, are I hope there is a day, and I hope that, that Rapid SOS is the solution, that as we continue to move forward yeah. and provide impact, we're 
well over 90% of the U.S. population today, which is fantastic. We want to get that, close that last 8% so that everybody Crazy. has access to it. So there's no longer a need for yeah. a new foundation. There's no longer a need mm -hmm. for a Denise Amber Lee Foundation. There's no longer a need for a Kyle Plush Foundation that yeah. we can continue to push forward to ensure that, you know what, we're going to collect, we're going to connect as many partners as we can on the ingress side of this. And we're going to ensure that we provide you with a solution, right? That works in the workflow that you have in your comms center that reduces stress, reduces workload, provides you more contextual information, right? And those are really important things. But the most important thing that we're going to be is a trusted partner. And that's the most important thing we can be. Because mm -hmm. if we ever break that trust with public safety, they need to hold us accountable and say, hey, you're not, you're not, you're not playing to the mission. Right, you're not playing to the mission. And yep. uh, I don't think there's yep. ever going to be a day you have to call us out on that. But you have my honest opinion that any time you feel like we're not playing to the mission, you call us out. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. I think the training that gets provided by Rapid SOS, I've, it's second to none. I've, I've never seen a company. There's so much benefit and resources yep. and passion that is offered to ECCs nationwide. And, and, and it's all for free. So one of the sayings that I have in my public safety career is you always defend why you did yep. Absolutely versus right. why you didn't. And you will, you will, you will fare well every time. So don't be that headline. Don't say, well, um, yeah, we just weren't sure. And our folks didn't want to use this stuff. You guys have so yeah. many amazing things coming down the pike. And I'm really excited to keep, keep, just keep watching these amazing You're things welcome. happen. So Jameson, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I appreciate you, my friend, and all of the hard work that you and your team and, and the, the company is doing just to make lives better for you know the callers and the telecommunicators that are sitting appreciate in that, Tracy. so thank really you do. for being here my friend i appreciate you we'll see you soon we need to follow up again in a few weeks all right. yes yes <laughs> all right talk to you soon thank you for listening make sure you join us next time for another episode of entertaining educational and empowering interviews with public safety difference makers Please like and follow me on social media at On Scene First with Tracy Eldridge so you too can keep up with my shenanigans. Thank you, heroes, from the bottom of my blessed heart. Stay safe, stay strong, and stay here. We need you. For more information on Rapid SOS, our premier sponsor, and how you can get connected to the world's first emergency response data platform and better prepare and protect your family and community, visit rapidsos.com today.